Tonight, Lord, we see we saw images of people that were just worshiping you, God, with their whole hearts, just giving it out. Lord God, we sung with everything that we are that we would just give you praise, Lord God. God, we thank you that we don't have to see you to believe in you, Lord God. We don't have to, to feel you to believe in you. But God, those things are evident and it's obvious that you are real because God, you, we see the, the works of your hand, Lord God. The, the, the Bible, your word says that, that um, the heavens declare your majesty, Lord God. The, the earth declares your majesty. It's like you ran your finger over this earth, Lord God, just to, to show your, the, forth your glory, Lord God. And with um, your creation, Lord God, we cry out as your creation, Lord God, tonight to worship you. God, I thank you that our faith isn't just a, a blind faith, Lord God. Our faith is, is in something that is solid and that is everlasting, that never changes, God. Your word is true. You said in your word that it would not return void, God. And tonight, Lord, as we worship you, Lord God, as we move into our, our next segment and we start getting into the word, God, I pray that you would boost our faith, Lord God, that you would take us, God, out of the kingdom of darkness and in faith into the kingdom of light, Lord God, in the kingdom that... Um, Lord God, where we can walk in an abundant life, Lord God, where we can walk in freedom, Lord God. The songs that we sang tonight are all songs that came from a worshiper's heart, Lord God. They, they wrote these songs out to you and to you alone, God, for, for who you are and for what you have done, Lord God. I thank you that we can walk in that kind of faith, Lord God. I pray that you show us and raise us up as a generation, Lord God, to go out there and be people of faith, Lord God, to be, be beyond what the world is telling us to be, Lord God. The, the world tells us that, we, that we're nothing, Lord God. But you say that we are everything to you, God. Lord, show us how to put our faith and trust in you, Lord. God, this is all for you and for your glory, God. But, God, sometimes we get, we get so pushed down by what the world says about us as, as teenagers or as young adults, Lord God. But you said in your word to set an example, Lord God. So I just pray tonight, God, that you would teach us to be that example, Lord God. So that also in your word it says to, um, that Paul... He said that he prays that our, our prayers would be effective, Lord God. I pray that you would teach us how to be effective in our prayers, in our, in our Christian walk, Lord God, as we just surrender to you and to your glory, Lord God. Have your way with us tonight, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Whew. I don't know about you, but I think I'm starting to like that kind of worship. What do you guys think? You know, if you can't have a band, you know, get the next best thing and throw it up there, right? Ah, well, hey, guys, I want to talk to you guys about three types of life tonight. And it's going to go really quick. I want to get you out of here on time so you don't have to worry about last, like last week's message, how I just kind of like rubbed you guys into the ground with that, that message about how to get to hell. That, that was a powerful message that really got you excited about living for Christ, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> It wasn't necessarily that, but it was a challenging message nonetheless, I'm sure, huh? You guys, uh, you guys were challenged, right? You guys were challenged? You guys were challenged, right? How about some excitement here? Let, let's just try something. Everybody stand up real quick. I just need, I need to get this out of my system. If not for your system, at least my system, okay? Everybody go down, touch your toes, and take a deep breath. This is like your own Christian yoga session, okay? Everybody hold your breath as you're touching your toes, Okay? And on the count of three, you're going to you're going to stand up and shout as loud as you can at the top of your voice. Okay, one, two, three. Thank you. All right, I feel much better. You can have a seat. Now we're into the message. <laughs> That's your Christian yoga session. You guys like that? You want to do it again? No, no, it's all right. No. Um, James four fourteen. Uh, we're going to start here. Go ahead and throw that up there, Kayla. Isn't that funny when I say throw that up? Doesn't it just make you want to hurl? 
throw up, throw it up, throw it. Okay. Anyways, somebody go ahead and read this. James 4.14. You want to play baseball? Oh, I'm going to stand over here because I feel like I'm t- talking behind my back. Yeah, go ahead. Dust in the wind, right? Just think of a mm, fog machine. You guys ever seen a fog machine? How it just kind of goes on stage and it just kind of like looks like makes everybody look like they're floating on air. Um, excuse me a second. This is really boomy, huh? You guys, does that bother you? No. Well, it bothers me. <laughs> so I'm gonna just take this down a little bit. Um, is that better? All right. But yeah, you see how the fog just kind of like floats. Everybody looks like they're walking on clouds and then eventually it just kind of dissipates and you're back to a normal stage. It's kind of like your life, right? It's, just, it's here and then it's gone. Eagles had a song. Anybody like the Eagles? Nobody, anybody know, know who the Eagles are? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, the Eagles had a song like that and uh, it was about uh, Desperado. Ever, anybody ever, ever heard that song? Desperado, why don't you come to me? Anyways. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry, that, that wasn't the song, it was a New York Minute. Actually, you guys ever want to know what mine and Una's song is? It's the New York Minute by the Eagles. That's what the, I proposed to her on that song. Unintentional, the song just happened to be playing when I proposed. And it's kind of a sad song. It, it, it talks about um, uh, a guy dying and how your life can change in a, in a minute. How appropriate, though, how you, you know, your proposed marriage and something, your life changes like that. You know. By the way, in case you guys ever need to know this, who you marry will be the second most important decision that you will ever make. All right? Log that away, put that in the circular file or something. But right now, I'm going to ask you a question. Think of your favorite teacher, your favorite church leader, your favorite relative, or your favorite friend. And focus on the circle in the middle of the screen. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, a little trip here. Does <laughs> everybody got somebody in mind right now? Everybody? Yeah, you guys are too focused on like, <laughs> Okay, everybody, everybody say out loud, Ed is my best friend. I will give him anything he wants. Now, when I count to three and snap my fingers, you'll wake up and you'll do whatever I say. One, two, three. All right. So, guys, <laughs> I was just kidding. Who's your favorite teacher? Um, yeah. Can you guys? My favorite was Mrs. Campbell because I could play her like a puppet. <laughs> okay, you guys, you guys got a favorite teacher? Just you don't have to tell me who it is, but everyone's got a favorite teacher. Mr. Parks was cool. How about, um, does everybody have a favorite church leader? Or not necessarily in this church, but a church uh, uh, leader. Yeah? Cool. All right, what about a relative? Everyone's got a favorite relative, right? It's usually the person that gives you the most money at Christmas time. Yeah. How about your, your BFF? You don't have a BFF? I bet you have somebody that's close enough to almost be a BFF. It's kind of like a pre-BFF. Yeah, no. No. 
So think about this. What makes them your favorite? Um, the money. <laughs> the fun, okay. What is it that makes them your favorite? Yeah, you guys are totally not focused on the question. You guys are totally focused on the screen. <laughs> there you go. Thanks. What makes him your favorite? Well, you gotta have specific ones because it's different reasons for each person. Okay. Well, what makes him your favorite teacher? For Joey, it's because they let him get away with anything that he wants them to, right? <laughs> okay. That's what he said. Because he was laid back. Wow, okay. All right. <laughs> was that science lab? No, some random teacher had a bathtub in her room. Well, crazy. Okay, what about your favorite church leader? What makes him your favorite church leader? Ah, this is working. We should put that back up on the screen. Like, yeah. like, Condemned. Or, yeah, or stand on the soapbox going, You're a sinner. <laughs> if you don't repent, you're going to the HU double hockey stick place. Dude, you sound like Batman. And you're like, Sports chalet? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but, uh, okay, what about your favorite relative? What makes him your favorite? We give you money. Uh, yeah? Okay, friend, favorite BFF or pre BFF. Laugh, okay. FaceTime. FaceTime. You mean like face-to-face? -face? Like yeah, conversation? Talking, hanging, out. hanging out, right on. Cool like, he's like really laid back and he's just like, you'll go, he goes pretty much with everything you want him to do. Just like, oh, you know, we, we can talk and like, I can talk and he will, can listen. And he just Loyalty's probably a big one for a lot of us in here, huh? You got, nobody wants a, a non-loyal friend, right? It's like, it's like the opposite. Like, <laughs> yeah. Your friend can be opposite of you. Say that she's more like, she's more spicier than you, I guess. Spicier. <laughs> That's not because she didn't take a shower. Like, yeah. more, <laughs> she's more, <laughs> she's, she's more like, crazier. Yeah, Outgoing. Yeah, so, yeah, you guys, you guys relate. You guys have a lot in common, right? All right, now, big question for you, okay? What if that, these people, let's, let's just say your best friend, okay? If you're, well, no, that's probably not a good one. <laughs> now that I think about the question, it's probably not a good one. Let's think about your teacher, okay? <laughs> if your teacher was the one that decided whether you went to heaven or hell, you know, what do you think? Or what if you're... What if your church leader decided whether you were to go to heaven or hell? Oh, dude, I'm so dead. Where would you go if they were the judge, you know? Okay. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Isn't it crazy, though? I mean, not crazy, but you guys know that nobody decides your fate, right? Nobody decides except Jesus. So you, we, none of us in here have the right to say that person's going to hell. On the contrary, they also don't have the right to say that person's going to heaven. There's only one judge that's going to be able to do that. It's Jesus. And we all get to face him someday. Whether you, think, whether you believe in him or not, you're going to have to face him someday. You know, it's, it's, it's in the Word. And again, well, everything that I share with you guys tonight, it's going to be from the Word. It's going to be princi- biblically based on princi- biblical principles. And there is more evidence, as I said before, to support the Bible than there is the Quran, the Jehovah's Witnesses Bible, the Mormon's Bible. <laughs> Even the independence of America, <laughs> you know, the Declaration of Independence. There's more evidence to support the Bible than there is anything else. And science could try to disprove it all they want, but there's still more backup for the Bible than you'll ever know. All right, so I'm just going to give you guys a few things tonight. We're going to talk about three different kinds of life. We're going to start with the abundant life up here on the screen. John 10.10, 10. the abundant life. John 10.10, 10. who wants to read it? John 3.16. Oh, sorry. My bad. Someone read it. With a passion. Just like when you bent over and touched your toes for yoga. Go ahead. <laughs> Anybody? Passion. I can do passion. I'm sorry. Go ahead. The thief's purpose <laughs> is yeah. to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give life in all its fullness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who said that? Jesus. John, no. Jesus, yeah. Yeah, John wrote it. Yeah, yeah John wrote it. Jesus, he was just writing Jesus' words down. There you go. My purpose. Jesus' purpose for you is to give life in all of its fullness. Have you guys ever been to the ICU? At the hospital? Intensive care unit? It's where people are like basically hanging on by a thread for their life at the hospital. Has anybody ever been in one of those? I've never been in an ICU, but I see you. Ah, that's very funny. Thank you. <laughs> we got to really work on our, um, our uh, jokes because they're not getting any of our jokes. <laughs> so if he needs some help, just let me know. And I'll feed oh. off of you. Um, <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, no. Have you, so has anybody ever, okay, let's just go this. Has anybody ever been to the hospital before? Yeah. Seen their grandma, their, their dad, their grandpa, a relative, friend? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of kind of weird, huh, to walk into a place where everybody's like in some kind of pain, right? <laughs> they're, they're on a bed for some kind of purpose, right? It's crazy. Have you ever been to one one of those rooms where there's a window and you could look out over, like, uh, say, the a quad area? Or <laughs> we're gonna just put you on the ground if we need to, man. We're gonna put you on the ground if we need to. Just try to keep all four on the floor, all right? Basketball drill, four on the floor, all right? Um, have you guys ever looked out of a window at a hospital and seen like a, a playground and people having fun or just chatting away like nothing's wrong? You ever, you ever seen anything like that? Well, you can imagine it if you haven't, right? Yeah. Um, you know, people, are, people are, are lying here in these hospitals and tubes running into their bodies and to feed them because they're unconscious and they can't feed themselves. And others are on oxygen because they can't breathe on their own. But however, looking out this window, you see these kids running around. They're going down slides. They're all swinging their plane tag. Both the kids and the ones in ICU, they're both alive, right? Yeah. Unless you're in the morgue. Yeah. <laughs> You got the, the people in ICU and the ones that. So what? What makes them different? 
What makes the people in, in the hospital different from the kids playing in the playground? Obviously, they're sick, right? <laughs> yeah. They're breathing, but the kids have the abundant life, right? They're the ones really living. Those, those that are in the unit are barely living. See, but we have, think about this, we have a bunch of people in our lives that are kind of living in a sort of a Christian ICU, you know? They proclaim Jesus, yet uh, they have no happiness. They have no real joy. They have no excitement. There are people that don't even have Jesus. They obviously don't have the joy. They don't have the real excitement. They don't have the real happiness, right? So that's, that's the opposite of abundant life. Abundant life is, are those that are living, right? How many in here feel like they're really living life to their fullest right now? Yeah, you know what? There's something to be st- strived for, huh? It feels like sometimes we just need to push on a little bit further. Guys, the further and the more tight we get with Jesus, man, that he says that he will give you abundant life and life, man, to its fullest. Can you imagine living life to its fullest? I'm not just saying living to be 250 years old. I'm saying like living each day knowing that, man, God is in control and I grasp this. I know, man, if crap can come my way. Sorry, I don't know if you can say crap from the pulpit, but I just did. But, you know, stuff can come at you and... Uh, you still know God is, you know what? It might be junk, but I know ultimately God has a, has a greater purpose for me in my life. And this might be junk right now, but I'll get through this. But you know, when you're going through the junk, it's hard to see that. It's really hard. Let's look at everlasting life. Who in here has everlasting life? Well, I would hope that by the end of the night, everybody in here knows that they have everlasting life, okay? John 3.16. Let's go ahead and throw it up on the screen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who what? Believes, Believes in him will not perish but have what? Eternal, Eternal life. life. So who do you have to believe in? So he gave his only son, right? Oh, insane. This is insane. Okay, I want to read this to you out of a commentary. Um, it, talks, uh, it kind of expounds on this verse, okay? Uh, to believe. The word believe here is more than an intellectual agreement that Jesus is God. Do you guys ever get challenged? Do you ever really believe that what you believe is really real? <laughs> yeah, you're going through that, huh? You just started at the at the Believers Chapel. Yeah. You guys, you're well, going. I did, right? I did it with uh, with our cell groups. Yeah. Do you believe that what you really believe is really real? Oh. Okay, to believe is more than intellectual agreement that Jesus is God. It means to put your trust and confidence in Him that He alone can save you. It is to put Christ in charge of our present plans and eternal destiny. Believing is both trusting in His words as reliable and relying on Him for the power to change. If you have never trusted Christ, let the promise of everlasting life be yours and believe. That's as simple as it is. You just say, God, I believe in you. Well, I think... You also have to come to a repentance that says that you realize that your sins are what's separating you from God. And without the, the, you know, the blood of Jesus Christ, there is no uh, forgiveness of sins. So, anyways, let's move on. Some people are, are repulsed by the idea of eternal life because their lives are miserable. Does anybody have a miserable life in here? Good. So, we don't have, there's a lot of people in here that don't have abundant life, but they don't have a miserable life. They're somewhere in between, right? Well, that's where a lot of people live their lives. It's a bummer. It could be better, but it could be worse. <laughs> Which would you choose? Yeah, I'd choose a better one. 
But eternal life is not an extension of a person's miserable, mortal life. Everybody, you guys know that 100% of you in here are going to die someday? Ooh, morbid. Yeah, you're going to die. 100% of the people in this room will die someday. I will die. And you will all be at my funeral, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> Eternal life is not an extension of a person's miserable, mortal life. Eternal life is God's life in Christ given to all believers now as a guarantee that they will live forever. In eternal life, there's no death, there's no sickness, there's no enemy, there's no evil, there's no sin. When we don't know Christ, though, we make choices as though this life is all we have. In reality, this life is just the introduction to eternity. I think we should write that down. Write that down next to the other piece of information I gave you earlier. Yeah. In reality, this life is just an introduction to eternity. This life is just an introduction to eternity. Man. So what we need to do is we need to receive this new life by faith, believe it, and begin to evaluate all that happens from an eternal perspective. What do you think that means, eternal perspective? Eternal perspective. How do you view your life right now? What you do right now determines your future, right? Is your So that, in retrospect, then your future is determined by your past? Yeah. But does your past have to dictate how your future will look? No. Is this deep or is this deep? So, question, how long is forever? A long, 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 long. Forever. Is it my wingspan? Yeah. No. Well, if the finger, if your fingernail is like a billion years <laughs> Think if a bird could pick up one grain of sand from the Sahara Desert and fly all the way to the moon. This is hypothetical, right? Fly all the way to the moon with that one grain of sand, drop it off, and then fly back and pick up another grain of sand and fly to the moon again, drop it off again, and then come back for every grain of sand in the Sahara Desert until every single one of those grains of sand had been transferred. Um, that would only be the beginning of eternity. Think of it that way. That's why I said hypothetical, dude. <laughs> if a bird could fly to the moon. <laughs> Where you spend your eternal life, guys, is very important. It's important how you spend it. In, it's important that you spend it in heaven, you know? Have you guys ever seen the bumper sticker that says, Eternity, smoking or non? Yeah. You guys should make it. If you haven't seen one, make it. Because I think that's really cool. Eternity, smoking or non-smoking. All right, just kidding. <laughs> Get it? Get it? Got it? Good. Okay. Smoking, hell, burn, fire, smoke. Okay. Passing life is our next one. The third one. Wow, look at this. It's only been 10 minutes. I'm all around on my third point. You guys are happy, right? It'll be over soon. Three. Well, actually, I have 37. But, but I'm on my third point. I am not a thief or a liar. Okay. Passing life. Passing life. Back to James 4.14. Melissa read it at the beginning. It says, how do you know what will happen tomorrow? For your life is like the morning fog. It's here today for a little while, and then it's gone. That's it. Dust in the wind. Everybody go like this. With their hand, like they're, like they're blowing smoke. Okay. How many of you guys have known somebody that's committed suicide? 
Yeah, I've known. I've, you know, I've been in youth ministry here for about 15 years or so, and uh, I've had a couple people commit suicide. I've had a lot of people actually die. Um, bad, you know, tragic death. It's been, it's really sad. But the suicide ones are the ones that get me the most. You know, can life really be that bad that you have to take your own life? You know, I don't know. The um, Believer's Chapel is going to, uh, I believe, is going to start doing a, a, a series on uh, that new that movie that just came out, um, to save a life. And uh, that's a great movie. If you guys haven't seen it, I recommend you know getting it from download.com or something. I don't know. Check it out. But yeah, they're going to build up a whole thing to the video. And they're going to watch it over there. So I'm going to connect it with Believer's Chapel. And maybe our youth group can go over there and watch it with them. What do you think? You guys up for that? All right. But suicide, guys, gosh. I'm not going to ask you who, how many in here has ever contemplated that. But, you know, I have in the past. When I was about your age, I, I contemplated it myself. I just, it, no, no. But, but suicide, guys, is a selfish move. It really is. It's a permit, it's, suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. I'm a little passionate about this, and I think it's, it's, it's dumb. But uh, if nevertheless, it's real to a lot of us. And people in high school, they, they consider it. I don't know why, but, uh, man, what can I do to help? I don't know. But, I mean, if I saw somebody hurting, I want to, you know, the, the, I think the love and compassion of Jesus Christ starts to well up inside of you when you see somebody that's hurting like that. And you want to do something, right? You want to go out and help. I hope you guys experience that sometime. But none of us can think of, you know, you guys said that you guys can think of somebody that's committed suicide or as, have known somebody that's committed suicide, but... None of us can speak for how that person was actually feeling or why they even did it, but we know one thing. They did it by choice. They did it by choice. <laughs> and there's a hurting family left behind, but it was the wrong choice. And one thing we know for sure, guess what? They didn't take anything with them. In fact, they left behind a bunch of sad people. You might be one of them. You know, if only somebody could have come up alongside of him or her and helped them carry whatever burden it was that made him go to such a level, maybe they'd still be here, right? As Jesus said, take upon my burden, for my, my yoke is light. My burden is light. But let me, is anybody willing to answer this question? What, what did you do in that situation after it happened? What did you do? For those of us that knew somebody that committed suicide, what was your what was the act? What were the actions that you took after that? Spit. Anybody want to answer that? It's all right. I had one one guy in particular. Um, man, he got he came to an encounter weekend. Just a great young kid. You never knew anything was wrong with him, you know. And then um, one night we found his family found him. He had hung himself and. Man, that just got me. I thought, man, you just got filled with the Holy Spirit, and you were. Um, but there was something still eating him up inside that uh, that he didn't quite give over to the Lord yet. How much, how that could have been stopped, you know, if somebody had actually gone beyond the surface level of friendship. You know, a lot of us have this friendship. Brian said, "Oh, I like I, my BFFs are are my friends because we have a lot of face to face time." But is that face to face time? Is it just 
how, how's the weather <laughs> kind of FaceTime? Or are you getting deep with your friends? Are you going deep inside their hearts and saying, hey, man, how are you really, you know? How's your family? How's, your, how's it going with your mom and dad? Are they getting down on you? And then praying for each other. Man, you guys are Christians in here. You guys love the Lord. Man, let's pray for one another. Let's pray for one another and build each other up, you know? Anyways, when it's your time to go, you're not going to be able to take anything with you. And even if you could, you wouldn't need to or even want it. So what's the point in the way you're living right now? I mean, the way you talk with your friends, do you talk with curse words coming out of your mouth every second, or do you do things that make it hard for others? You know, the, the, some of the steps that we talked about last week were like sowing discord or, or lying tongue, you know? Um, what's the point? You know, are you living in a way that glorifies God, or are you living in a way that glorifies you? A lot of times when we make fun of other people, it's just so that you can look better in other people's eyes. But try this sometimes, guys. When you're out, instead of making fun of somebody, saying that person's a, a fat lard or, or that person's ugly, you know, that guy's got so many zits, he looks like the moon. How about building that person up, you know? Gosh. Or when you're out at, at the restaurant, you know, it's the, the waiter comes or the waitress comes by and lays the check down on the table and you guys, you know, we get together with your friends. I don't know how many of you guys get together with your friends at night, go to like Denny's or Teddy Bears or something, hang out and have some chow. And then the... You leave the table like a bomb went off of the table, like the whole table threw up at once or something, you know? And <laughs> they lay the check down and you, you, you give them the money and you don't even leave a tip. You know, I used to be really a jerk when it came to tips, but, you know, um, man, generosity. Try that sometime. It's, you know, typically 15% is a good tip. Try leaving 20. You know, t- I'm talking about stepping it up a notch. You know, living for not. Living not for yourself and living to glorify God with a kingdom, you know, kingdom-minded principles, biblical principles in your in your head, helps you to live out an abundant life because it's better to serve than it is to receive. You know, it's better to give than it is to receive. Okay, uh, Matthew five forty through forty one, really quick. If you are ordered to court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Now, this, um, when this was written, uh, the Roman soldiers were uh, pretty oppressive upon uh, other people that were lower than them. You know, that's like saying our police department pulls everybody over because they'll, oh, you know what, your your car is brown. I'm going to give you a ticket. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the Roman soldiers were kind of like that, especially the Christians. But wow, Jesus is saying, if a Roman soldier says, "Give you my cloak," or "Give, give me your cloak." Give me your shirt, I'm sorry. <laughs> then give him your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, and he would do that, he said, get over here, you, you know, whatever, and take my stuff. He, well, you know, I'm going to carry a little bit further for you because you know what, Jesus loves you, and uh, I'm here to tell you that. So here, here you go. This, there's only one thing that we can do while we, we are here on earth that will last, and that is live for Christ, guys. The New Life Drum Company came up a couple of years ago, and they said something that was just so powerful to me. And you've probably heard me say this before, but they said, you know, isn't it better to go through high school knowing, being known as a Jesus freak or a Jesus lover than to go through high school and have nobody know that you love Jesus and nothing ever change? Because those people you'll never even, I mean, you won't even be able to count most of those your friends in high school right now on, on the palm of your hand. That sounds really sad, doesn't it? <laughs> you guys are looking around. I have a lot of friends in here. Well, you know what? You, people will go their separate ways. They're going to go to college. You're going to get disconnected. You'll make more friends and stuff like that. But, man, what a life we could live now if we just live for Christ. Now, um, I'm going to close with, uh, with two video clips. Okay? The first one is a guy named Louis Giglio. You guys know who he is? 
Um, he's the one that did How Great Is Our God. I played it here probably three months ago. Really awesome series. He's a great speaker, and he does these youth conferences um, with a guy named um, Chris Tomlin. He's a worship leader. Great stuff. He writes a lot of songs. But I wanted you, I wanted you to hear from his perspective about life and uh, while we're here on earth and what Christ, how Christ can live out his life through us. All right? You guys ready? Check it out. They've just turned their back on God or in, in their way messed their life up somehow beyond repair. And they think, not only have I messed my life up, but I've messed up my opportunity with God. And maybe they try to reestablish things for themselves, but they have doubts as to whether they can ever reestablish a connection to God. And what's beautiful in that to me is that they've never lost that connection. God does not love us based on our performance, good or bad. He loves us based on the fact that Christ gave himself for us at the cross as a full expression of just how much he cared. He couldn't love us more than the cross, and he can't love us less than the cross. What are you going to add to the cross? I'm sorry, God, and I, I, I'm really sorry I messed up, and add that to the cross, and that's going to make the cross better? No. And how can he love us less than the cross? The cross exists because we are failures and have utterly failed to hold up our end of the deal with God. And that's what the cross is all about. But the beautiful words of the cross are not Jesus saying, okay, I've done all I can do. Now it's up to you to do the rest. The, the incredible words of the cross are, it is finished. Jesus saying, your debt is paid in full. Past, present, and future. It's paid for. You know, religion is scary. Because religion is what I do to try to measure up to God. Um, and I don't ever know if I do enough. And if I do bad things, I've got to somehow compensate for that. And I never know where I stand. Christianity is not about what we do to make it to God. Christianity is about what He's already done and paid in full. And uh, the enemy is a condemner. And he brings the voice of accusation, especially when we fail. I hear it all the time. But the truth of God's Word says, if you know Jesus Christ and you've accepted Him and received His grace in your life, it says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's, it's done. It's finished. A lot of people feel like, you know, Christ has paid such a great price for us. This cross is so amazing that now we've got to pick up the pieces and pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and you know you hear it sort of preach sometimes like Christ died for you certainly you can go live for him and it sounds good on its face I mean it kind of makes sense he did all this for me so what am I going to go do for God and it's like you know the Christian life for a lot of people becomes this I gotta go do this thing well more power to him uh, but that's not the way it worked out for me and I can't speak to everybody else's life, but I can speak to my life. And the crisis moment in my life came when I admitted out loud that I was a failure as a Christian. And I, hadn't, I wasn't in an environment where that was like the, the, the thing you were supposed to say out loud. But I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do any of these things God was asking me to do. I couldn't not do any of the things I, I didn't want to do. And I had a facade going on in my life, but I really, truly wasn't living it. And... I came to a point in my life of saying to God, I quit. I can't 
live the Christian life. It's too hard. Um, it's how do you be holy? How do you be above reproach? How do you love people that you don't want to love? How do you not think wrong thoughts? How do you have discipline to do the things that you have to do to be healthy as a follower of Christ? How, how do you pull that off? And I just couldn't. And I just said I quit. You know, I'm done. I don't want to be a hypocrite anymore. And I'm just, I'm out of here. And I thought I was going to get the biggest lecture I'd ever heard in my whole life. I thought God was ready for that. I died for you and you're telling me you can't even live for me lecture. And what God said to me, I felt the biggest, hugest sigh of relief come out of heaven I've ever felt in my life. And what I felt God saying to me was, thank you. They didn't name it to Christian life for nothing. They named it to Christian life because only one guy can pull it off. And his name is Jesus Christ. And the Christian life is not about me trying to find in my strength the ability to imitate Christ. The beauty of the Christian life is, is that by this new birth thing that happened when I put my faith in Jesus, Christ came to live in me. And so the scripture says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Wow, Christ liveth in you. That's, that's just to me is a powerful statement. Christ can live with you in you. And then he says, um, he mentions something in here about you, you're a new creation when you come to Christ. The old things are gone, the new things are come. You know, it's like, wow, Christ living within you, the hope of glory. Oh, man. Let me tell you a story real quick um, about uh, these kids that knew this, this guy who was really smart. And this guy could come up with a witty answer for everything that these kids would, would present before this guy. So um, one, one day that these kids got together and decided, hey, we're gonna go, let's go get this baby bird. And... Um, they said, let's go, let's go up to this guy. And their, their, their thought process was, um, I have an animal in my hand. They're going to ask this guy. They're going to say, I have an animal in my hand. And uh, I need to know, is it alive or is it dead? And uh, the old man, he, stop, he sits for a second and he thinks, you know what, guys? That animal is whatever you want it to be. Because they had the power to the neck of that bird or whatever. But what, a, what an answer. Man. The life is whatever you want it to be. You have a choice. I'm going to play one more video real quick. You guys are familiar with the band Switchfoot? You guys probably heard the song before called uh, This Is Your Life. We're going to put this up here. I want you guys to be a little introspective here for a bit and think about uh, the words of the song. Here you go. Yeah.
If we could just all like close our eyes, and I want you to do something with me tonight as we as we close. Go ahead and put your hands out on your lap, you know, just right out in front of you, as if you're pretend like you have your life here. This is your life in your hands. Your eyes closed. What about you tonight? What about your life? Is it what you want it to be? Your life is in your hands right now. Remember those people I asked you to think about? You can't blame them for how your life will turn out. In the beginning, when I asked you about the teachers and your friends and the leaders, your teacher, your church leader, the relative, or your friend, can't, they can't make your life right. You have to make the choice. We just give you what the Word says. Your life is in your hands right now. It's what you make it. What are you making of your life tonight? This is your life. What about it? Are you going to live the abundant life that Jesus has planned for you? Or are you just going to be stubborn and go your own way? The choice is yours tonight. But you have an opportunity. This is what divides. This is, this is the line in the sand, basically, that Jesus says, you know, believe in me. And you have eternity. You have eternal life with me in heaven. If you don't, that's your choice. And he, he's, he's a gentleman. He's going to allow you to make that choice. But Father, tonight we offer up to you our lives, God. Make that choice tonight to say, God, my life is in your hands and I want you to come and live in my life and take total charge and control tonight, Father. Father, I know it's nothing that I can do to be righteous enough to come into your kingdom, into your presence, Lord God, at the end of my life. 
But God, with you living through me, Lord, I can do this. And you know what the Lord says to you tonight? You know what? It is going to be hard. There are some hard choices that you're going to have to make. Being a Christian doesn't mean that everything's going to be hunky-dory all the time. But God tells you tonight that he will be by your side every step of the way. And what the devil tries to, mean, tries to do in your life, he can turn around. He says that he will turn it around and use it for good if you will trust in him. So tonight, make that choice between you and God tonight. Pray a prayer something like this. Jesus, I know I can't do this on my own. I know the sin that I have, I can't take care of it. I can't forgive myself of my sin, but you can forgive me of my sin. Jesus, I ask that you would come into my life, Lord God. Would you come and dwell inside me, like Louis Giglio was talking about today in this video, and help me to live this life for you, Jesus. And then, God, I believe in your promise tonight, Lord. Again, I believe in that, that there's this faith that wells up inside of me, But God, faith is even in itself is hard. Jesus, I believe that you will take my life and you will make it everything that you, you can make it. But I give it into your hands, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, you have an abundant life ahead of you. Live it out. Be real. Don't just let it fly by, you know? Have fun. Jesus doesn't, just doesn't give you rules just so that you could be miserable because he knows that you make the right choices and you're going to live an abundant life. Now go out and have some fun. Be Christians for fun. <laughs> Don't be Christians because you have to be Christians to go to heaven. You know? Inspire each other. You guys, how many of you guys like the way America is going right now? It's not as good as it used to be, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you read in their textbooks and history classes how people were God-fearing and you know we were we were the greatest nation on earth and slowly we're starting to crumble. It seems like you know what you guys can make the, the difference. You guys are our future. You're my future. You're going to be. I'm going to be on my my deathbed and and you guys are going to be the ones deciding whether or not I live or die. <laughs> you know because the the healthcare bill might pass and you guys get the choice of whether you pull the plug on me or not. I don't know. But you know what? If you don't like the way life is right now, make a difference. Make a difference. Just by loving God, you'll be surprised at the difference in your life. All right? Hey, have a great night. Thanks for coming. If you guys want to stick around and play that musical chairs again, I'm, I'm game for that. Whatever you guys want to do, just let me know, all right? Have a good night. We'll see you next week. We have a guest speaker next week, by the way. You're going to love it. It's going to be fun. We have a, a guy doing worship, too. So I uh, hope to see you next week. Be blessed, guys.